this week on Ace on the House. So I'm back at the Gay Spa downtown. Uh-huh. And poor Francis. Just, just poor, blowing off steam? Uh, well, Francis. Hold on. Uh, just blowing off Steve? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you got. Hmm. sometimes I got to go in and speak to the manager, the owner. And um, so I don't want to walk through the uh, back hall because I don't want to look at a bunch of dick. And so, by the way, uh, with you, Ray, I mean, you... you, oh, you. Listen, hold on a second. I go to the front door. Yes. And you get catcalled. Oh, yeah. I, uh, whistled. Hey, what are you doing? Dude. I'm going to talk to the owner. You right? are like an open can of spam on a garbage barge, and there's gay <laughs> seagulls flying all around you. Yeah, I've never been in such demand, unfortunately. Yeah. Check out an all-new episode of Ace on the House this Saturday, or visit aceonthehouse.com, only on the Ace Broadcasting Network. Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Hello, my little pita chips. It's me, Allison. Before the show starts, I just wanted to say a few words. Um, this one was a live show at Nerd Melt, which is at Meltdown Comics, and Paul Gilmartin was a guest, and Michael Roses was a guest, and Dustin Goot was there, and many of you were there. Some of you were there. I don't know. Were you there? Um, but if you were, thank you so much for coming. It was really fun, and I'm looking forward to the next one. When is the next one, you're wondering? Well, you have to check my website to find out. But if you go there right now, you won't find anything of the sort because uh, I guess what I'm telling you is we have to book the next one. And I think there might be some phlegm rattling around the back of my throat. So um, this – my voice my voice is like a snowflake, and no two minutes are the same. I'm sure you know what I mean. Anyway, uh, I do have another Angora song to play, but I'm not going to put it at the end of this episode. I'm going to put it at the end of the next episode. But if you want to hear the whole Angora's album, you know where you can hear that? Um, at the beginning of one of my live shows, because uh, when we were loading people in, which is that's some real inside industry language for uh, should we let the audience come in? Are you ready to start? And Gary said, what should I play? Should I play Angoras? And I said, sure, okay. And then I wandered around or more like bounced around the backstage being like, this is my band, you guys. This is my band. Um, just I sounded just like that. It was great. Gary's nodding because he knows that that is exactly how I sounded. Anyway, um, what else do I need to tell you? Well, I need to tell you that it's time to do iTunes comment of the week. Uh, we have a new little jingle. Here it is. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. So the question that I asked you to answer in your comment this week was what's cuter, puppies, babies, or ducklings? I have opinions about it, but let's hear what you had to say. Hit it, Gary. All right. So this comment is by A.E. Kieran, and it's titled Hooray, Hooray for Allison Rosen. The Carrie Kenny Silver episode is one of the best individual installments of a comedy podcast I've ever had the pleasure of listening to. True. It was extremely funny, silly, and spontaneous, which is what I love about podcasts. Thank you. And furthermore, that's in all caps, babies are only cute about half the time. The rest are little trolls no matter what their parents say. It's kind of strong language. Only about three-quarters of puppies are cute, 
while the other 25% look like deformed guinea pigs. I don't know. But ducklings are cute 100% of the time. Every last one of them. Therefore, it can be stated as a matter of science that ducklings are the cutest. I love, I love that she or he is invoking science. I do agree. I've never seen an uncute duckling. Now, I had pet ducks when I was a kid. And one of them, sadly, one morning, I, uh, I noticed that it was kind of sitting there, not really moving much. And its little beak had turned kind of purpley red, which I think was because it wasn't getting enough oxygen. I was in third grade and I remember I was holding this duckling in my hands. And I said, almost as if, like, sort of like how someone would be speaking if they're speaking through a mouthful of vomit. I said, Mom, I don't want it to die in my hands. Because all of a sudden I became afraid that it was actually going to die in my hands. Um, and when I came home from school that day, new duckling. Because that poor duckling had died. But um, anyway, I told this cheerful story because I wanted to say that even that duckling at death's door before its time was super cute. So ducklings are cute. I'm sorry that I just bummed everyone out. I actually just um, – I, I disgust myself. Anyway, ducklings are cute 100 percent of the time. I feel as if puppies – I don't think I've seen an uncute puppy either. So I disagree with the comment in that regard. Someone else made the point that puppies are especially cute, or maybe they said only cute, but I disagree. When they are, when they have paws that are too big, I mean, there's nothing cuter than a puppy with floppy paws. And in terms of babies, I'm going to agree that at the beginning, babies are not as babies get cuter. They're born pre-cute. But I think if it's your own baby, there's absolutely nothing cuter. And your question this week, this week, here's the thing that you should should be answering. So put on your thinking caps or your thinking fedoras or your thinking pillbox hat or your thinking sombrero. Duh. Duh. Why didn't I? Gary's – he's like um, – He's like a pageant mom off to the side, sort of pantomiming things for me. <laughs> he's just mouthy. He's telling me to smile now. He's asking if I rub Vaseline on my teeth before I did this topper. Um, you know, that's now he's looking at me like I'm crazy. I believe Vaseline on your teeth is so your lips don't get stuck to your teeth. That's what I hear. I don't know if they actually do that or not. Uh, anyway, it is. Okay, so in the episode, you'll hear that we talk about Guy Fieri. Or Guy Fieri. In fact, I couldn't decide which I wanted to say. It's spelled Guy Fieri. And I would like to know what is your favorite word that you would use to describe Guy Fieri? But if you don't want to go that far, you could just also share what's your favorite word. But I would take it to the Guy Fieri level. And this will all make sense if you listen to the episode. So make sure you do that. And I'm trying to think, is there anything else I need to say? Um... I think all I need to say is um, I love you and please enjoy this episode. Oh, and if you're going to buy something, which you are because people buy stuff all the time uh, and you're going to buy it on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, how about you click through my site, alisonrosen.com, because it doesn't cost you anything extra and it helps this show. So if you're going to purchase a puppy, a baby, a duckling, a Guy Fieri box set, a spatula, a sombrero, or just anything under the sun. Um, click through alisonrosen.com, the Amazon banner on my site, and then it'll take you to Amazon. And then um, I will say to you, thank you so much. And then I'll also say I love you because I say it a lot, but I really do. Okay, bye.
everyone. Hi, hello. I'm Allison Rosen. Lively crowd. I love it. I know. I love it. Um, And welcome to the very second live Allison Rosen is your new best friend podcast. So, but the first one here. That's right. It's it's the Nerd Melt debut. Um, So as you guys know, this is a podcast. We are recording this. This will be available on iTunes on Monday. So therefore, please make your reactions extra big. If see. I can't hear you. Just kidding. They always do that. You're, you're never satisfied with the first overzealous response, I've noticed. So how is everyone doing tonight? Don't, don't wear them out in the first five minutes. They've got, they got to save something. You're right. Okay. Um, so I, at the last show... Uh, I started by reading a list of things that I was nervous about. And I'm also nervous for this show. It was made more nervous by the fact that I was super-duper late and I spilled coffee all over myself. And I live near the Hollywood Bowl, and tonight's opening bowl night, which means this, for the rest of the season I'm going to hate living there even more than I already do. But um, I did not want to read a list of things I'm anxious about tonight. Instead, I want to read a list of words and phrases that would never be used to describe Guy Fieri. Or Fieri, if you want to go that way. I can't decide if I want to say Fieri or Fieri. Because he says Fieri, but it's spelled Fieri. I think Fieri. that's a reason not to go that way. Yeah. Because I don't want to be that person who's like ordering in Italian restaurants. Like, I will have the fettuccine. You right. know, it's too yeah, much. I, I recently went through this. Um, I went to the uh, Cannes or Cannes uh, Film Festival. with. Um, it was like a trip organized by my uh, graduate program. But then, I know, I, I have a classmate here tonight, which is exciting. Um, Should have gone to Cannes, oh Jen, God. or Cannes. But, um, yeah, it was like, it's the same dilemma of, like, the American way to say it is Cannes. Um, and, but, you know, it's really con. But it's, you sound, it's already douchey to say you're going there. And, but, and then to, like, give the French pronunciation on top of it, it's like, it's like adding that extra, like, douche frosting on top of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, you know, the, the douche glaze. The, the douche cake of you, like, going to this fabulous event that many people uh, probably will never go to. Exactly. Sorry, guys, it's true. Hence, <laughs> Fieri. So anyway, as background, I recently went to New York where I did a bunch of podcasts with Adam Carolla. Perhaps you've heard of him. Perhaps you've read about him on Twitter lately. (laughs) And on the way back, I flew... Well, on both ways, I flew JetBlue. And so I was watching those little TVs. And it was like a marathon of diners, drive-ins, and dives. And um, a plane is a very overwhelming place to be watching Guy Fieri because there's really nowhere to go. Like, I think the only thing more overwhelming would be if he were actually your seatmate because then you'd be hearing the jewelry jangle, the air would be thick with brisket and uh, pomade. Yes, it would. His board shorts would be flapping under your seat. No, I was thinking, he makes me feel claustrophobic even when I'm watching In My Apartment. So, I mean, watching on a plane, I just feel like he has that effect, like the world is closing in on no, you when he's... No, I got that. Agoraphieriphobia. Yeah. <laughs> or cla- claustrophieria. Claust- yeah. So, anyway, here are a list of words and phrases that would never be used to describe Guy Fieri Fieri. One, subtle. <laughs> Two, understated. Three, ethereal. Four, a tender lover. Now, I'm just guessing... Based on how he slaps the meat around, I don't actually know. Five, 
evoking the grace and quiet dignity of a gentler and more refined era. I don't think he does that. Six, elegant. Seven, genteel. Eight, soft-spoken. Nine, demure. And ten, possessing exquisite taste in shirts. (laughs) All right. I'm going to add my own, which is scarce, because you saw him on this marathon on the plane, and I feel like every time I, it's like late at night and I'm just wanting to like put something on to fall asleep to, like I try I go to the Food Network thinking like, oh, some instructional show, that'll be great, that'll put me right out, chopped, whatever. And it's always his stupid diners, dive-ins, dives. You're right, there's no and it's shortage like I can't, of him. And I, Guy Fieri is not going to put me to sleep, first of all, and I don't want him to. Uh, second of all, so it's I, th- so then that option's out. It always disappoints me. You know, he's kind of like a, a frost and tip drill sergeant for meat. He's very he's enthusiastic. Exactly he, what I was thinking. And he has one volume too loud. Yes. All right, let's bring yeah, let's bring out the other guest. Um, that would be Paul Gilmartin of the Mental Illness Happy Hour, <laughs> and a number of other things. Hi. Michael Rosas, musician. (laughs) Here we go. Here he comes. (laughs) So Michael is someone that, uh, first of all, I know is Mike. I actually wrote about this on my blog today. The fact that I I know that you call yourself Michael and you're taking the Michael thing for a spin, given that it is actually your name and it's what everyone calls you. But when I met you, your name was Mike, and I can't adjust. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was, uh, why don't we just go with Raul tonight? Okay. How's that? I see, like, Fieri Fieri, I'm just going to have to say Raul. Oh, that's no good. No, I know. Okay. See, I can't. Raul. Ooh. It's going to take, I feel like we're going to waste half the show with me trying to say your fake name. Feels good. Yeah. But so anyway, you and I have been friends for a zillion years, and some people who listen to the podcast frequently might be familiar with the term Rosinate, which is where I do this, I just think too much. And I think, was it you or was it Rob who gave me that name? Probably me. Wrong. <laughs> I think it was me. Good. I'm glad yeah. we've chosen to excavate this good memory. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but can, can, can you explain why you came up with Rosinate? Well, um, it was because we used to talk on the phone. I mean, you used to talk on the phone. <laughs> and, I, and I used to lay, just sit there and fall asleep while you were... And then I eventually... <laughs> well, I mean, it was fascinating, but sometimes, you know, it was just like, you know, it was... Four in the morning. It's you know. I feel this couldn't help it. That, that wasn't even passive aggressive. That was just aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But that's, what, but that's what friends do. I mean, I, like, I know. It. That, I that shows it. that he loves you. If yeah. he said that behind your back, that yeah. would mean that he didn't yeah. love you. And uh, in fairness, if you've been on the other end of a rosination, I have to say. Uh, that's not a, a, an unfair thing to say at all. I don't. And she, you'll notice she didn't even take it as unkind. That it's just you know. No. These, these right, are very, right. well, no, very I'm, intense I'm floored detailed. by the compliments. <laughs> no, you're right. Go Some ahead. Some of the best times of my life. <laughs> Thank you. And, and also, I think I've told this sto- story before. You said to me one time, don't be such a what do I do? Which is something that stuck with me because oh, I think yeah. I was telling you a story a long time ago. Probably it was about like, you know, and I like this guy and he's completely wrong for me. What should I do? And you said, 
Don't be such a what do I do? Yeah. And I said, what? And then you said, there are certain people who are always saying, what do I do? What do I do? You know what to do. I, said I didn't, that? yeah. It was very wise. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> then we didn't talk for like 12 years. <laughs> so there's something, a couple things happened last night that I want to talk to you guys about. And I think that everyone here, and maybe you guys, uh, will have some insight into this. So, I don't think the audience should be in on this. <laughs> maybe, I don't, maybe I don't grasp how podcasts work, but I think this should just be between the four of us and everybody should leave. <laughs> I wasn't actually going to take anything they had to say to heart. All right. It was just a gesture. All right. Yeah. Okay. You guys don't take a part. Don't, don't contribute to this except with your ears and also with your, with your mouths. And there's two frightening Bobcat Goldthwait masks in the audience, and that's actually the second oh thing I want to talk about. But first of all, okay, so... That guy's shirt matches the hat. Did, is that intentional? Yes. <laughs> He's nodding yes. Bobcat is wearing a plaid hat, and the guy that has the Bobcat mask is wearing the exact same shirt pattern as the hat. It's, it's frightening me. Yeah. And for the podcast listeners at home, just imagine something scary that has... Okay, yeah. stop. Stop. Stop with the twin bobcats waving at me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, with the Adam Carolla show, we performed last night at Irvine. And I have um, a very small number of haters who are very vocal on Twitter. And I know I shouldn't talk about it because I'm just feeding the trolls and I've heard everything. Um, but I'm Gary is just... Oh, producer Gary is in the house as well. You're supposed to... <laughs> producer Gary is supposed to be on mic. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, he was shaking his head at me because he doesn't think I should talk about it. But I'm going to anyway because last night I took it to new neurotic levels because, okay, so there's like these three haters and they're organized on Twitter and they, communi- <laughs> they found each other. And I think one of my favorite tweets, one of them said to the other one, can we really be the only three people who can't stand her on the show? And the other one wrote back, I think so, man. Adam Carolla fans are stupid. <laughs> but I felt vindicated by the fact that at least they're counting off, you know? But so anyway, like the main, the, the, the Irvine contingent of the Allison Rosen hate club... Uh, I know what he looks like because of Twitter. And I looked out in the audience and I'm like, oh my God, that's that guy. And then, and, you know, he was like probably where, where the bobcats are sitting in relation to me. How did you know it was him? Uh, because I've seen his picture on Twitter. Oh, okay. And then I thought, okay, I'm not going to let it rattle me. And then after it rattled me, I thought, I have to not let this rattle me and I have to not let this make me more quiet because then I'm letting him win. Um, And then I was thinking, you know, if I'm a professional, and by the way, the whole time that I'm thinking all of this, I'm not very good on the podcast. Uh, I was thinking, you know, I'm a professional and I have to just ignore him. And then also I was, but I was also glaring at him to let him know that I knew that he was there. (laughs) And then I would notice, like when I was about to do news, that he kind of like said something to his wife and then they both laughed and I'm like, oh, they're laughing at me. Like, we're at... A comedy show. And I was sure that they were laughing at me. And then I realized it wasn't him. <laughs> so I feel bad that I was glaring at a fan. Instead, it was somebody who just grew to hate you. <laughs> Why yes. is she staring at me the whole fucking show? 
Exactly. And why won't she let me laugh with my wife? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and what do we learn, Allison, from that? That um, we need to vet the audience better. <laughs> that I'm crazy. Also, he was probably thinking, why is she doing this thing where she glares at me and then she like purposefully looks up and around, like <laughs> trying to not look at him. So let's but, just also to give the audience some insight. That was like chapter one of a Rosination. Like imagine that like time <laughs> times twelve, and and you have a sense of of, of what we're talking. That's about. the appetizer to a French. Or, yeah, meal. that's the, that the, was, the order, the amuse bouche. Really. Yeah, well, you are so French. Well, so I want to know from everyone. I was in Con, you know. Yeah, so y- you're a comedian and a TV personality and a podcast host, and am I leaving out any credits? Uh, rocket scientist. And a rocket scientist, and a, and a wickedly handsome man. Oh, come now. And you're a musician, and you perform in front of audiences all the time. Dustin, you graduated from business school. What do you guys do when you're, per- like, have you had this experience? Well, well I was just going to chime in that when you're a stand-up comedian, uh, most stand-up comedians have incredibly low self-esteem, and so you get into it, and you eventually get decent at it. You begin to get laughs. But because that doesn't feel right, you wind up focusing on the one or two people in the audience that don't like you. And you'll spend your entire set trying to win those people over. So I completely understand what, what, what that's about. I know it to the very bone of what that feel like, feels like. And then eventually, hopefully, you work through it in therapy and you focus on the people that are enjoying you and think, fuck those people, they have their own issues. Yeah, I was thinking. But it took me 20 years to get to that place. Okay. I, I mean, I know that I need to be back in therapy. This just really drove it home a little, a little more strongly than before. What about you? Do you have any, uh, anything where you've been rattled by seeing someone in the audience? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've played entire sets with people just right up in front, just... just <laughs> If, if Seriously, giving you the finger right in your face? Just right to my face. Just the finger, two fingers, three fingers. Just their fingers were three. growing as they were <laughs> sticking them up. Just whoop. Yeah. And um, oh, actually, one time I played uh, with this really bad band I was in a long time ago, so we deserved it. But these guys got on stage, and they sat on stage like a, like a sit-in, like a protest. <laughs> like, like, no, we will not accept your music. Like, get off the stage. And they were just wow. sitting there, just like, like on the ground next to me. So I thought, well. So now you're calloused, or it still bothers you? No, it still bothers me. I think, you need about, to, that. I you think need, about it all the time. You needed a Fresno State security guard to come pepper spray him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was no winning them over, you know? All right. But, and Dustin, I'm assuming... Yeah, you, that you know that I'm a school, performance newbie. Yeah, so I, I don't have much to say about these experiences. I'm thinking about just the basic things, like like I burped very quietly early on in the show, and I was hoping the mic didn't pick it up. These are the things that are. <laughs> and yet, my on head. the last podcast, we spent like five minutes burping, making ourselves burp. I, yes, it wasn't that was gross. on purpose. <laughs> I don't want the you know right. the surprise burp coming in. And exactly. Okay. Derailing our talk. And the other thing I wanted to mention has to do with the eyeless bobcats. <laughs> there they are. So people who, who uh, listen to me may know that I sort of had or have a crush on Bobcat Goldwaite. And the way this came, this came out was uh, we did a show with him at the John Lovitz Theater, and then I was on a podcast, and I was... Sorry, there's like something on my lip. It's- and <laughs> oh, I wish. 
<laughs> no, uh, and I was saying that I was surprised at how charming and winning he is in person because I don't think of him as someone who's like, you know, what a, what a hunk, but I was really won over. Uh, I'm being unwon over by that mask. I was won over mm-hmm. by him in person, which is really not that complimentary anyway when you think about it. <laughs> but that didn't stop him from bringing this up on stage at Irvine, and I didn't know he had heard this, because you never think anyone really listens. Um, I mean, I know I have tons of listeners, but still. Uh, so anyway, we, he said something kind of gross, and then he said, and this is in front of the whole audience, he goes, oh, I can feel Allison's crush on me going away. And I was like, oh, you knew about Ooh. that? So then the rest of the show, I had these fantasies of like getting off stage and being like, so you, you heard what I said? <laughs> and just laughing it off, having a, you know, just a chat about that. And instead, I get off stage and I'm like, okay, bye. And then I slinked away. And then I talked about that on the podcast in front of my other uh, boyfriend, Dr. Drew. And I explained that it was so weird that I became you know, like a 13-year-old around him. And so anyway, Tim in the audience, who you may know from the last live show, is the guy who came in clown makeup. Yeah. Not for my show, but because he's playing a killer clown. Uh, wants me to do his podcast and thought the way to uh, convince me to do this would be to be carrying this Bobcat Goldthwait mask. And so then he, hand, I didn't, he has a bunch of them. He gave me one. I have one. And then at the show last night, I was just walking around holding this with the rest of my notes, trying to leave the club. But people were asking me for photos, and I was thinking, that looks really weird to people that know that I sort of have a crush on him. That's scary. I mean, like, the eyes are cut out. Yeah. That's scary. What did, what did you want to happen after the show with Bobcat? That's a good question. Um, I think I would have liked to have had an exchange with him that was something that adults would have. Like? Like, um, that's so funny that you heard that. Ha ha ha. That's what it's... <laughs> that's what adults sound like to me in my head. Is that not how adults sound? You know, super breezy and confident. Maybe the wind would be blowing my hair back. (laughs) Are you sure you're not thinking of a Victoria's Secret catalog commercial? Yeah, no, I'm sure. Because he, because I'm in a relationship and he's in a relationship, and but maybe we could exchange a meaningful glance. Yeah, that's sweet. You know, actually, what what I wanted to show him was, you know, what I just sound crazier and crazier the more I talk. and if anyone has audio editing, please don't just get that drop. Um, I think I wanted to show that I'm still, I can still have a regular conversation with you and, and that I don't feel ang- weird about the fact that you knew that I said that. Th- okay, let's just move Why don't on. You, pract- well, you should practice with the mask in front of us. Oh, just that's... To see. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why is... Hi. What happened to your eyes? (laughs) His face is all red. I think he's a little bashful. He's embarrassed. Um, No, you know, you're right. I don't actually know what I had hoped for, but something where I could actually squeeze out words. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, All right. I think we should do 
topic sombrero. Um, I have to wait for Gary to get back to the, the station. Oh, here we go. It's the topic, topic sombrero. Yes, for topics and you send them in. I love that it's one audience member is hesitantly clapping topic. along with it. I just... God bless you. God bless you for going now, out on a limb. is that because you like the segment or the song or because you're wearing a hat? I feel obligated. Because you're wearing a hat? Yeah. I understand. You're wearing a tiny sombrero. Yeah. So, Topic Sombrero is a segment that we do frequently. Uh, here's the sombrero, where people send in topics, and then we pull them out of the hat, and then we discuss them. I'm going off hat tonight because people have been emailing me good questions. So, let's see. All right. Trying to find satisfying employment while the economy is so shitty. Should people take what they can get, or is chasing a dream still acceptable? <laughs> What do you think? Why can't you do both? Why can't you still have your dream and work towards it, but also take the job that you're not crazy about because you got bills to pay? Mm -hmm. Why does it have to be either or? See, I knew, I knew that you, because you are introspective and grounded and and have been through a lot of (laughs) therapy, is what I was going to say, would would be able to give an answer that includes not giving up hope, but also making the you know, right pragmatic decisions for your life. So, all right, that's what Paul says. What do you guys think? I, I just wish Paul were around to talk to me a week ago. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. I, don't, I feel like I'm right in the middle of this because I just graduated. Did you send this but, in? But don't have a job. No, I was, like, I was like, is my mom writing you again? What's going on? <laughs> we were just talking, Dustin and I were just talking about this backstage. I asked him what was going on. He's like, oh, I just graduated two weeks ago and I just don't know what's going to happen next. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like a- asking myself every day, like, do I have to give up on my dream or take what I can get? I mean, literally, I wake up every morning with that question. So I'm really not, not in a position to right answer now. that question. I think two weeks is a good window to shut the whole thing down after (laughs) you gave it a good run (laughs) agreed well my favorite thing that Dustin said to me recently was uh, I'm trying to figure out how to give the right context for this I was saying don't get a job and move somewhere stay here and be on my podcast (laughs) which is very enticing and then he's like that's what I'm saying Allison help me help me Meaning, give me a job. That's what I was actually saying. Oh, (laughs) I didn't know that's what you meant. But um, that can't be arranged. Mike? (laughs) Um, Well, I actually uh, was making a living kind of doing my dream for a while. And I realized that it made me kind of dislike what I was doing Mm -hmm. because I was making a living doing it. So I uh, made a big choice to just get out of it and I just got kind of a regular sort of corporate job and now I'm way happier I just do my dream for fun and um which you're watching it now and um and I just work a regular job and you know and I can afford to have like cable and food and stuff you know which is kind of (laughs) nice and I still you know oh god (laughs) (laughs) do you ever feel like you're you're um Step and, fe- and fetching it for the man takes you away from music, though? No. Is that because you have a good corporate job, though? Um, it's okay. 
I just feel like I'm pretty good at it. I enjoy it. What, what is like it that you I like dressing sharp. I like going to Starbucks in the morning with two phones. <laughs> just being like... <laughs> Ironically, his corporate job is crushing other people's dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no shortage of those jobs these uh. days. <laughs> yeah, what is it that you do? I think you told me one time. I'm a I senior business analyst at a, um, at a company. <laughs> At a, oh. uh, yeah, a health, wellness, skincare, and cosmetics company. And what do you do as a senior business analyst? You wear a headset? No, I don't do that anymore. Oh. <laughs> just sometimes, just for fun. When somebody's walking by and I want to look really badass, I'll just whip that thing on my head real quick. Just be like... Um, no, I just, I don't know. It's, it's boring. I, I sit, I wear a blue shirt and khakis, and I sit in front of a computer all day, and then I take walks around the office and make it look like I'm doing something, but it's really just to, like, clear my head, man. <laughs> and then I leave and I take walks around the building, little nature walks. And then I go back in and hit the vending machines for a little while. Just scan them. You better hope to fucking God your boss doesn't <laughs> right. listen. I, I was going to say, I hope the health wellness company is not an Allison Rosen fan. <laughs> And then I just kick ass all day. <laughs> yes, then you just Boom. crush it. Just crush people's dreams. Okay, yeah. here's another one. Hello, Allison. I am searching for the perfect man, and it's proving to be difficult. However, on my quest, I've slept with numerous partners. My mother informed me that she thinks I sleep around. She, of course, has had sex with a whopping two people, and I feel like her opinion is unwarranted. Is there a number that puts you in the sleeping around category? And if so, what is it? There was just that movie about this, right? What's, the, your, like, what's your number? What's my number? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, 20 was the number, according to this movie, I believe. I, hmm. I'd say if when look, trying to get the number, you go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> then it's too many? Then it's too many. Okay. Yeah, when you've stopped counting, yeah. I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to I tell, stopped counting, but I mean, I'm bad at math. How many, how many for you? Allison? I actually, I act, it's under 20. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I stopped counting um, around, uh, I don't, it, you know, it's between 15 and 20. <laughs> what, what about you guys? <laughs> oh, that's unfair. <laughs> Well, first I start counting, then I go for walks around the office. Uh, then, then I stop at the vending machines. Then, and I never do get around to finishing. Uh, I'm the only one who's going to say my number? Yes, I think oh that's my what's God. going to happen. So. Anyone in the audience care to share? Okay. I guess everyone knows that you're not supposed to reveal that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry to leave you hanging. (laughs) Well, I actually—I wouldn't be ashamed to say how many times I jerked off. That you're able to count trillions. Uh, (laughs) Let me think. Oh Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) Uh. 
Yeah, I actually, okay, I, since we're revealing too much, I'm just going to continue revealing too much. That, that was a conversation I used to always have in relationships, and for some reason I felt compelled to kind of drive it to that. I always wanted to know what's the number. Ooh. But then in, in the current relationship I'm in, I, we hadn't had that conversation at all. And then I forget how it even came up that like I, I just blurted out, the question, and then I was like, "What am I doing? Like, I didn't. I, I'm in a relationship now where we're not going to talk about this. I'm just going to talk about it on my podcast." I thought you were going to say, "I just blurted out 17," and then like out of context, and he was like, "What?" <laughs> no. that, that also would be a good way to get into it. I think. I know. No, I guess I, I it just my answer to that question is that it really is just a number, and it doesn't really matter. And it, like those numbers are important when you're younger, but then when you get to a certain age, around the time you stop counting your age, yeah. then uh, it just it just becomes part of your past, and I don't think it it really really matters. <laughs> Does that make you feel like less of a whore? Right. <clears throat> you know, you know, I'm kidding, of course, and and I completely agree with what you with what you said. I do. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, because we deal with that topic on the on the show that, oh. that I do, and so I don't want people to think like I'm this judgmental guy who's like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. there's right. a certain number that makes you. No, I think it's whatever. Whatever you're comfortable if with. You, hey, if you need to backpedal so that people will still come on your podcast, that's fine with me. Anyway, the, excuse me, the whore is going to read another question. Yeah. Here's a letter that I thought was quite amusing. Hi, I don't have a topic sombrero suggestion yet. I guess I, I'll think of one as I write this. I just wanted to say, I'm a 14-year-old boy and I freaking love your podcast. I'm sure not a lot of kids listen to your show. Maybe I'm the only one. Ha ha, I'm sure you don't read these emails yourself. I bet it's producer Gary. Hi, Gary. I've always wondered what the hell you look like. I hope that doesn't sound gay. Oh yeah, topic sombrero topic. The topic sombrero is just a hat full of topics? Okay, I got one then. Sorry, actually, I don't. You know what? Put the word chode in there. Look it up. It's a penis that's wider than it is long. Ask Pete Holmes. <laughs> I feel weird now. Thanks for reading this, whether it's Allison or Gary or whoever the hell takes the time to look at emails. George. So, so the topic is moms that drink while they're pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> I love, too, how people think that just because you have a podcast, a butler reads your emails. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It's actually Mr. Belvedere. Oh, I was just going to sing that song. You were about to sing that song? Not anymore. Oh. No, no. Is There's always the time. Channel? Isn't that the guy that sat on one of his testicles? Wasn't it Mr. Belvedere? I don't know. Yeah, they were like, uh, during a taping, he accidentally sat on one of his testicles. In fact, Doug Benson <laughs> does an impression of it. Oh. Yeah. I would love to hear that. Yeah. What's his name? It's a, no, Lynn, Lynn was the name of the character, right? Okay. Don't know. Never watched it. But like, sat fatally. I mean, what? Like, I, I would think you would just readjust and keep on I going. I think he blew one Would out. be the professional. Yeah. I, <laughs> just, I, I think he qu- squashed one. Gone. I'm not sure. Can you bring a testicle back to life? Will you have to hold a mirror up under it to make sure it's truly gone? <laughs> then you gently close its tiny testicle eyes, or large, depending. Now you have something to talk with Dr. Drew about. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, do lo- I do love him. I feel like Adam is standing in the way of my relationship with Dr. Drew. <laughs> so when the, when the testicle actually dies, the scrotum goes from being wrinkly to just flat and smooth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then that's when the rigor mortis has set in. Okay. It might be time for just me or everyone. Does anyone in the audience have any just me or everyone's? One. All right. Just throw that thing up on stage. Or pass it forward, actually. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Guy with the hat trying to get it going. <laughs> trying to get a pity clap. I, I gave Michael the honor. Oh. Or you can take oh. it. It's your show. Oh. Oh. Someone mm. has to read this while I do... Okay, this is long. Read that. I just saw the word gynecologist. And I, and I saw the word raped. <laughs> this is not a lighthearted one. It's not bad? Should I just read it? Okay. Yeah. I'll All right. Hear, I want to hear you say that word. <laughs> Chode? Okay. I think my gynecologist may think I have been violently raped in my past because of how much I cry during a pap smear. It just hurts a lot. I indeed have not been violently raped. I feel compelled to tell her I have not been raped, but then stop myself because I foreshadow that only awkwardness can follow blurting out, just so you know, I haven't been raped. Okay. My eyes only scanned the first couple sentences. I didn't realize that it was actually light and something we can all relate to. Um, So then the question is, just me or everyone, and uh, while I haven't had that experience, I can definitely relate to that since I tend to blurt out awkward things all the time. Do they give pap smears with sandpaper? It feels like it sometimes. Yeah. What what, what is the, I I don't know what the procedure is, is it like a Q-tip or what what, what is it? Well, first first of all, there's a speculum, uh, which is the thing they insert to open everything. And they Kind of like a shoehorn. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. For the prettiest shoe ever. Right. It's sort of like a weird Cinderella story. <laughs> so they used to use, let's just really get into this. They used to use metal speculums, but according to my gynecologist, now they use plastic ones because people didn't like the idea that they were taking the metal speculum and then uh, you know, cleaning it and then using it on another shoe. So now they use plastic no, no ones. No one likes a whorish speculum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That word again. So... <laughs> And the plastic ones are more uncomfortable, is my um, vagina's understanding of it. Do they use and it's not a, green. It's a one-use plastic speculum? Yeah, and then it's they, disposable. Oh. And then, so they do that, and then they... I actually don't know what happens after that. They smear something. It goes to a very special landfill. <laughs> <laughs> it probably just goes in the trash. Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. So, all right. Um... We now have to determine if this is just me or everyone. Does anyone here... You didn't finish saying the, what the process is. Oh, that's all I know of the process. And then they, they, they stick something in there oh, and they okay. smear it. Okay. And then they say you're all done. Okay. And it's painful usually or not painful? It's a scraping? Okay. Oh, that's horrible. It doesn't always hurt. Okay, it seems that most, most of the women here do think it does kind of hurt. Yeah. More than kind of. Okay. Well, I, th- I think she got her answer then. I just want to talk about this for like 15 more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I think you speak for all of us. 
when you guys go to the doctor and have to turn your head and cough, does that hurt? No. It's, when they put a finger up your butt, does that hurt? But I, I, I can relate to it. Um, Sometimes it takes me a long time I would, to come. I would go with uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so intimidated by, by his stethoscope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. It does well, I can say I relate in that, like when he, when I, the doctor's like, you know, reaching down for the, for the ball. Sometimes I feel like, you know, I should say something jaunty to like lighten the mood, you know, because he's touching my balls and it's weird. But then I think that that's probably that probably just makes it worse. Yeah. So something I can, like, uh, you know, I can relate to the male version of. So you what's resist going the urge here. to actually say something, though. Like pretty I, nice, huh? That's what I said. Right. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like okay. I have, and it didn't go well, and I just learned from experience, like just, you know. Be quiet and it'll be done. I've had the several hernia operations and they, they check th- that way mm. and it's brutal. It's, it's awful. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, several hernia operations on the same hernia or are you just herniating? I don't know what you just said. <laughs> Have you had a number of hernias? A hernia different... is where your intestine starts to slip down below your diaphragm, I think, what it is. And, and so they have to put go in there mesh, and, right? and get mesh. But sometimes it, they, the, the intestine or whatever will go down into your scrotum, so they have to feel and make sure it's not down there. But, so they're feeling your scrotum, and it's just incredibly uh, painful and awkward and embarrassing and takes me a really long time to come. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm eight years old, by the way, if anybody's curious. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's another one. Whenever I go to the restroom at work or in public and someone goes into the stall beside me, I slide my feet out, uh, I slide my feet out of their sight. And if I have to use the restroom bad, parentheses number two, I will try to wait until everyone has exited the bathroom before I come out of the stall, just me or everyone. Um, I do that. You wait to come out? Uh, and you slide your feet I, if, out of the way? If, if there's like one person in the bathroom and they're just about to finish, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. And I don't like people seeing my shoes because if, if there's some sound or something, I don't want it associated with my shoes. Oh, interesting. So you're trying to... Uh, you're Lay trying low. to make it... Amb- yeah, amb- you're trying to be an anonymous shitter. Yes. Mm. Yes. You don't you do guys? the little... You don't do the, uh, like the alert sniff so that somebody knows you're in there. You go, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's somebody in there. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when it's the, there's the guy is in the stall, and I've come in, and I can see the shoes underneath there, and I know he's waiting, I will try to pee extra loud so that he knows when I'm done. Nice. <laughs> and you ask, how do you pee extra loud? You get it going on that splash guard thing. Oh. Yeah. Just, you hit it at a 90-degree angle, and it makes a lot of noise. Check this out. Not to go on a tangent, but... Uh, this was maybe about a year or so ago at work. There was this guy that was just one of those in my office. He was this one of just those really real go-getter, just positive guys. Just he had one of those boards on his cubicle that had everything he <laughs> wants, like the Mercedes and everything. And he was a just dream always board, like a vision yeah. board. And he he always wore a suit to work, but he looked like a jackass because nobody wears suits there, you know that kind of thing. But one time I was in the restroom. He walked in. I knew it was him because. That you could just tell from his sound. He was like, bop, ba-boo, ba-boo, whatever, <laughs> something like that. And then uh, I did the little sniff. I did the little, and then he goes, hey, hits the thing. And then he goes, time to get rid of all this negativity. And he goes in the thing and just, <laughs> 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 so I got the hell out of there. 
time to get rid of this negativity. <laughs> wow. You don't say something inspirational before you go to the bathroom? Because <laughs> I'm always like, it's go time. <laughs> I go, I go, come on. <laughs> if you saw that guy in a movie, you would go, nobody is like that. I know. It's like so over there. He's like a character from Office Space. He's like that. Yeah. He was. I'm sure he's... Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. He's gone now, but I'm sure he's... I'm sure he's got that Mercedes now. But from the way you describe it, I feel like your office is kind of filled with people that we wouldn't believe exist in real life. I don't know. No. Okay. Just a couple. You're just trying to maintain your job at the Health Wellness Center. (laughs) Dustin, you've been awfully quiet about the way you go to the bathroom. I'm, I'm, I'm in the everyone... Well, I'm in the everyone camp on you definitely wait for the bathroom to clear, if at all possible. Um, I don't know about the lifting the shoes. I'm, I'm, I'm less uh, self-conscious about my shoes. Yeah, I don't think they said lift them. I think they said just kind of pull them mm. out, of, out of sight. Like circle right, well, your wagons yeah. with your yeah. shoes. That would yeah. be freaky to hold your feet up while you're going. That's like... I, was, I was thinking that was a, yeah. an amazing skill, yeah. and that person must have you know, uh, very well-trained uh, buttocks from doing that, yeah. to be able to like, hold yourself on the, on the seat like that with your feet up. That's like some, some Pilates like maneuver right move. there, yeah. Low self-esteem, sweet abs. <laughs> <laughs> don't, is... don't those two go together like, <laughs> like peanut butter and jelly? Let's be honest. <laughs> All I know is now I'm going to have to start doing that in the bathroom because I've just allowed my feet to be just, just there for everyone to see. Yeah, incriminatingly I know. present. Okay, let's find out from the audience. Um, if you also are deeply ashamed with your bodily functions, make some noise. (laughs) And if you're not, make noise. That was divided with one extra loud guy. And it was Bobcat. Loud and proud. (laughs) Okay. Just me or everyone? My husband has to have his plate taken away as soon as he's done with his food. If the waiter isn't fast, he will move his plate to another table. And by the way, the majority of just me or everyone's are about weird eating things, weird bathroom things, or spiders. That's what people are concerned with. Well, good, um, good thing we got a rape one this time to spice it up. <laughs> <laughs> that was our first gynecologist, just me or everyone. Thank you. Uh, I don't do this with the plate, and um, I don't relate to it. I mean, I relate to weirdness for sure and quirks, but that one, I, there's, I don't feel like I have to move the plate to another table. And I wonder why. Will he eat the plate? I feel like this might be a guy thing because I, I tend to do this. Not the move it to the other table, but I'll tend to like push the plate back as soon as I'm done. And uh, I, I know a handful of guy friends who do the same thing. Which is hard if you're like eating at a restaurant. Yeah, you're just pushing it. Yeah, it's it's like a tug of war with like pushing our plates back and forth. Um, But I I don't, and I can't explain why. It's not like I'm disgusted by the you know like detritus of what I just ate or something. I mean, I just ate it. It was fine. But it's like an it's like an instinct of like it's like there I'm done with you. Bam. (laughs) Like you're hitting it and quitting it. (laughs) Yeah. Lunch. Like yeah, I showed that dinner who's boss. Now get out of my face. I want to smoke a cigarette now. Do you throw cab money at the plate? (laughs) Yes. If it deserved it. Do you guys do anything weird with your plate? I don't do anything like that. I I I just put the silverware on there and. I, I always turn my fork upside down so it's 
Like, so it's not sticking up anymore, you know? S- sticking down. I don't know what that means. You like I, a backdoor, huh? I heard, <laughs> I heard somewhere that that's how you let them know you're finished, as mm. if the empty plate isn't enough of an indication. Turn that fork upside down. Waiter's like, ah, mm. ready, oh. good to go. But I don't do it. Ah, enough. someone from ancient Rome. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just put the utensils next to each other, and that means you're done, as opposed to putting them, like, crossing each other, which means you're still eating. Are we all sending different utensils semaphore? I've never heard that about what you do with your utensils, but I just move it to the side so I can put my elbows on the table. I'm seriously. Another restaurant code, I think, is if if you have your menus open, they will not come take your order. Because okay. every now and that then you'll sense. be dining with someone who's like wanting to order and their menu's open, and I think, shut, yeah. that, shut that bad boy. Or the person that can't stop uh, talking when you're trying to order and you're starving, and they keep telling a story, and you just want to go, just order your fucking food and then bore me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, Dan the Dodge is uncomfortable being... Oh, wait, no. I have to find out from the audience whether you push your plates away. Okay. If you push your plates away, make noise. And if you don't. So your husband is a freak, lady. Yeah. And plus he goes one further. He puts it at the next table. That's, you know. I always feel uh, weird about taking anything from the table next to me. Like, like if I drop my knife or fork, which I always do, and then, well, there's a knife and fork right there. And a napkin and sweetener and salt and pepper and everything that I could possibly need. Why are you afraid to do that? Because I feel like it's stealing from that table. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody's there yet. Well, I, but, but they'll be there eventually. I do it. I do it. Oh, but you feel bad about it. Yeah, I just always feel... No, I just feel a little sheepish. Like, I'm never, like... I never, you know, walk... Lean over to the table in a proud manner. I see. You don't, like, narrate it as you're going, hello, everyone, I'm just taking this fork and knife. Well, that I I might do. Don't don't worry about it. They'll bring it back, don't worry. That 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 seems very natural. I think you would do something. Yeah, that (laughs) that I would do to let them know I'm not up to anything sneaky. I'm going to keep this fork where everyone can see it and it's not going in my bag. Is that like when you go into a store and you don't buy anything and you walk out extra slow because you want them to know that you didn't steal something? Yeah, exactly. This is not how someone who stole something would walk. Yes. (laughs) It's just your store is full of shit. You know what would be really funny is if there was some place that you ate on a regular basis and you did that a few times and somebody, you know, whoever was responsible for setting those tables, like, got fired because, like, their boss saw that the things were... I thought I told you. You're like, I don't know what happened. They, they just keep disappearing. And you're just sitting there, oh, 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 eating your food. They That's go home and hit, they hit Craigslist, looking for another job. I know. Just think about that next time. Right. There's no isolated action. Okay. Dan the Dodge says, I'm uncomfortable being naked in front of pets. <laughs> I, uh, I love it. <laughs> but... The first guy I... No, no. The first guy I had a crush on was someone from Electric Company. And then I went through a phase where I really liked Sandy Duncan from Peter Pan. I don't know what that means. Uh, and then... Did you like fucking little boys. <laughs> well, I was like seven. No, oh, okay. So, um, but, but yes. <laughs> Guilty. 
<laughs> and then I well, the liked... boys that can fly. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. And then I liked Michael Jackson a lot, a lot, a lot. Eventually, I, I graduated to actually being attracted to men, um, but <laughs> it took a while. But so anyway, I, I had. But there this... was that pets phase first. Yeah. yeah. No, I had this like collage of Michael Jackson photos on my closet. And I did feel weird changing in front of those photos. <laughs> so I started making covers for the photo. I was like eight. I mean, I would do stuff like this now, but this was a long time ago. So I can understand being uncomfortable being naked in front of eyes. But, um, but I'm okay with in front of pets, you guys? I'm not afraid to do it in front of pets, but I'm afraid to do it in front of mascots. Do you have a lot of... <laughs> Penance around? Penance? Don't they have mascots on them? Is this a sports thing we're oh, talking right, about? Oh, right, right, right. No, I was just, you know, like the bull, you know, the guy in the bull costume at halftime. God, I thought that joke was going to be so much better than it did. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was maybe one of the most disappointing comedic moments in my life. Oh, no. Let's do it again, and, yeah. and let's laugh a lot, because we have to undo this. I'm not uncomfortable doing it around pets, but I am uncomfortable doing it around mascots. <laughs> That sarcasm hurt even more. <laughs> no, this is sincerity. I do think, I do think about that. I actually thought about that t- today. I was about to get in the shower, and I walked out into the kitchen to get a drink of water, and my dog was there. And I was like, I wonder what the dogs th- ever think to themselves. Why does he have clothes on sometimes, and why does he not have clothes on? Yeah. I feel like on the list of things that dogs think about, that way one might be low. Yeah. Or it could be high yeah. if you have an extremely perceptive dog, like a poodle. Well, I was about to say, and then I, I put peanut butter on my balls, so I think that <laughs> the dog knew why I had my clothes off. You know, this came up last night, actually. But I'm always self-conscious when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would just leave my shirt on. <laughs> it's always peanut butter, but I feel like marshmallow fluff would work well. Syrup. Pudding. <laughs> Anybody... Why peanut butter yes, always? please. I think because it's, it's uh, in theory, hard to get off. Not, not, no pun intended. I think that <laughs> the, the peanut butter... Has anybody well, ever by that known... Theory, mar- I... Marshmallow fluff would be much better. I've never yeah. known of anybody that did that, but I worked with a woman when I was in my 20s who told me that a friend of hers uh, did that. This woman had a dog and admitted to her that she put peanut butter on hmm. there. You know, I think yeah. I think we all worked with that person though. It's always secondhand. Like no one's ever. Right. I, I mean, who is going like to tell dribble. it firsthand? Really, that would be mm-hmm. even weirder. But I mean, it's always the like, no, no, really. I, you know, like yeah. good friend of mine. You call college him a, friend, a liar. Yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, I think it's a story that people like to keep alive because it's, you know, because it involves peanut butter and balls. And yet it's also instructional because I feel like we all know if we wanted to have oral sex with our dogs, how we do it. Peanut butter. Well, I, yeah, I feel like it's, um, yeah, it shows a lack of imagination on our parts. I mean, is that really the only way to have oral sex with one's dog? That's I haven't thought saying. much about it, but it seems like there Spice it up. are a lot of other, yeah. You get a really, rut very our, fast. Our pet Kama Sutra is, is, is sadly, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, thin uh, and bereft of imagination. Thank you. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of nervous laughter on this one. No, no one's really uh, willing to commit wholeheartedly <laughs> to liking this line of thinking. Do you ever get comfortable enough? 
with your dog doing that that you grab the back of its head and go, yeah, suck it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, the ASPCA you would be all the word. fuck over. You know you couldn't. Yeah. Are you regretting pets, having pets? Me? are more protected than, yeah, who needs than your butter? wife probably is these days. <laughs> who you calling bitch? Like that. Okay, anyone else uncomfortable dress, undressing in front of their pets? Okay, or, or thinks about that this is weird that I'm yes. naked. Conscious of the fact that they're naked in front of their dog. I think that, isn't that kind of what that woman is saying? That she's yeah. becomes aware that she's naked in front of her dog. Or she's saying that she's embarrassed to be in, naked in front of her dog. I think, she I think was, there's she a difference. She's uncomfortable. Was well, okay. he? Oh, he's he. uncomfortable, yeah. It'd be kind of fun I'm to uncomfortable be the being naked in front of pets, is what he said. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is different. <laughs> <laughs> It was All nice right. that I slowed the whole show down, wasn't it? No, it's okay. That, that one's just him. And then here will be our last, just me or everyone, speaking of peanut butter. My mom used to serve me peanut butter and brown sugar sandwiches as a child. Did anyone else eat these, or was this my family's invention? I've never I've it. never had that. It sounds, sounds delicious. Anyone? Okay. No. Can we reach her at diabetes.com? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, anyone had a brown sugar and peanut butter sandwich? No. It's just, it's just you. Andrew? All right. Woo! <laughs> I, felt, I just felt like we needed a woo break. How are you guys doing? All right. How's everyone on stage doing? This is, a, this is a woo and a how you doing break. I don't have it written on the set list here because sometimes I like to shake things up. Yeah. I'm still ruminating over the fact that that fucking mascot joke just laid there. I mean, like, when I thought it up, I was like, yeah, I'll give them a minute to talk, then I'll swoop in with this fucking diamond and blow the roof off that place. And well, literally you know, nothing. You know what, what Allison likes to do is the, is the things that didn't uh, land as she wanted, then oh, she yeah. brings them to a later podcast. So I think what you could do is just is save that one, pack but it up, you know, nice and safe. Talk to your podcast about it. Uh, and right. then, yeah, and then come on another podcast and bring it, bring it right in there. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's ever worked for you, Allison, but it's... Oh, I yes, mean, I've gotten there, many tweets from people who there, said they <laughs> did hear the joke and they appreciated it. There's, there's no reason not to give it the old college try. Well, here's the thing. Let's get into this. I, I was imagining you in your room, so when you said mascots, I just assumed you had mascots in your room on some kind of sports penance mm. or something. Th- that's just the first of many reasons why that joke sucked. <laughs> Yeah. We sucked. Yeah, no. No, it is not the joke. No, it is the, us. No, the jo- this it, is on us. No, We failed Allison, you. Paul Gilmartin, we failed you. The onus is on the comedian, not the audience. But thank you for trying to uh, uh, assuage my humiliation. How do you think I've slept with less than 20 people? <laughs> I know what to say. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Okay, it is now time for a segment that we call Gary Hit It. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. (laughs) 
Now, I don't know if you guys have anyone you need to tell to go fuck themselves. I, I, I do have one this Oh, time. good. <laughs> but, I, you know, if yeah, you Yeah, okay. And we should let them know that this comes on the heels of Dustin having told his mom to go fuck herself. Yes, and I then, have a non-mom go fuck yourself. And it's, then it's she wrote, in, she sent me, or the show, an email and told Dustin to go fuck himself. But the funny thing, the thing about the Goots, that's, that's his last name, is that they are very lighthearted with their go fuck yourselves. It's not really fighting words. No, my mom was just in town and we had a, a very nice time together. The, you know, uh, telling of go fucking each other that had occurred really didn't, uh, yeah. Didn't stand hardly in even, way, hardly yeah. even entered into conversation oh. once in passing. It was like, oh, yeah, remember when I told you to go fuck yourself? It's like, yeah, me too. And we're like, yeah, all right, I love you. <laughs> Aw. Then you hugged. So it's like when you guys are saying, hey, go fuck yourself, you're really saying, Gary, play the new thing. Hey, 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 I love you. So, uh, there's some photos posted from the New York shows that we just did, and I went and I looked at them, and you know how you can tag photos, and I don't like when people tag me in photos, but I don't like even more when they tag me as ugly bitch, retarded Jew, no talent Rosen, and then they tag my crotch area as crab colony. (laughs) That one did make me laugh. (laughs) But then I went, I mean, not that I wasted any time on this guy, but I maybe somehow I looked at his Facebook page and I discovered that his political views were definitely not a Jew, that's in quotes, and he had a picture of Michelle Obama next to a chimp. So he's just a delightful person, and to him I say, Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyone else? Yes. (laughs) You may go now. Uh, Fantastic. So... um, this one requires just a brief setup, uh, which is, Allison, what is your opinion of the, uh, the shirt that I'm wearing tonight? I love it. Yeah, there we go. We didn't <laughs> rehearse that, by the way. No. That was uh, spontaneous love. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a decent looking shirt. It's one of my favorites. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's blue stripes with green stripes. That's, you know, sporty. That's because you just brought it home for the listeners. Sporty, and yeah, exactly. It's a podcast. I'm, you know, filling in the vivid details here. It looks soft, too. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little fratty, sure. Okay, nothing wrong with that in my mind. Um, so, as we've discussed, I graduated uh, from business school recently, and since then, um, since I didn't go straight into a job, I've had lots of time to kill, uh, including catching uh, on cable the film She's Out of My League, mm. which involves, like, this loser guy. Um, Who's uh, in that? Uh, I know Jay, I've seen it. Yeah, Jay Barrowkell. I don't know if I I'm saying I'd his name it. right. Sorry, Jay, if I'm screwing that up. Um, anyway, and then and some woman that I haven't seen in anything else but, you know, a hot woman who's supposedly out of his league. At any rate, in the film, he, it's him um, trying to seduce this woman. He has these three friends who are also, you know, kind of um, loserish like him. And the, the one who is the most loserish of the three 
uh, honest, like halfway through the movie, they're having this like sit down scene, and the the loserish friend uh, is wearing this exact, this identical shirt. <laughs> so some like costume agent on the film, would, like when she was like you know putting together all the wardrobes, was like, God, what what would his like you know most loser friend wear? I wonder what it would be. And she pick and she pulled this shirt out of out of you know, and the loser friend was like a big guy, so. I mean, it had to be specifically for him because he needed, like, a really, like, triple X, you know, size. It wasn't, it wasn't she just pulled it for whoever and he just liked it on the set. Like, it was, it was, Deliberate. it was deliberately made for him. So I'm really insulted by this uh, judgment uh, of this shirt. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a loser shirt. So I say to, hey. she's out of, <laughs> she's out of my league. Yourself. Go fuck yourself. Wow. Now, <laughs> Did it even for a second make you pause when putting on the shirt? Uh, it did. I thought about how to handle this. Uh, <laughs> but similar to your, um, uh, I forget the specific uh, anecdote from earlier in the show, but I feel like I, just, I have to own the shirt and prove that it's not for losers and that I can't let this you know, costume, uh, you know, costume director win. Wow, I wonder what story I told that's similar to that because that's, <laughs> I'm never doing anything triumphant like that. I let them win. No, you said something earlier about not letting, uh, not letting whomever win. The people, anyway, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll replay it back and enjoy that moment uh, on Monday when the podcast But I'm on. enjoying this. <laughs> this. This uncomfortable what-the-fuck-is-thisness of it all. I just, I just want to soak in it. I, you, I almost didn't have one, and then when you told that, my wife is a costume designer, and she uh-oh. worked on the movie She's Out of My League... And she said, give me a couple of minutes. I need to go someplace real quiet and get inside the head of a douche. (laughs) And then she opened her eyes and said, green stripes. She ran out to the store. (laughs) It's an attack. Miller's outpost. Brutal. You? I don't have one. Really? No, I'm sorry. You're so centered. Ah, I'm usually full of hate and rage, but... uh, (laughs) I'm feeling pretty good. I say go fuck that guy that you work with that is proud of his dump. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him. Yeah. He, shame. he has dump pride. You know, you're right. I'm going to fuck him about guy. your body like the rest of us. Now, if uh, we had talked to you back when you worked at Kinko's... Oh, yeah. You, you were a copy specialist, were you not? I, I, what was I? I think you were a copy specialist. I was a document creation specialist, <laughs> I believe. Would you have wanted anyone to go fuck themselves then? You know what? Yes. There was this guy that, okay, so it was around Halloween time, and uh, we had a, uh, you know, for a morale building thing, the, all of the employees had to carve a pumpkin, and then we put them on display in the Kinkos. This is a wild Kinkos, you guys. And so pumpkins everywhere, all the employees carved them, and, you know, Kinkos, 24 hours. So there's this guy that worked the night shift. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I left an important part out. So then the customers would come in, and they would drop, there, there were little forms you could fill out a little sheets and you could vote for what was the which was the best pumpkin then who whatever employee got the best fucking pumpkin they won something so there was a dude that worked that midnight shift that late night shift and he somebody suspected that he was fucking around with the votes or something like that (laughs) and this guy actually got fired because they had to pull the surveillance tapes and in the middle of the night he was going in and putting the slips in his fucking pumpkin (laughs) so fuck that guy yeah. <laughs> and the girl that would have won, she was all angry. She was just all about go fuck that guy, too. 
Well, she was hey, just like, hey, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yep. I wish I knew his name because it was stupid, but I don't remember what it was. It was really dumb, too. It was a dumb I, name. I just love the idea of late night Kinko <laughs> pumpkin intrigue. <laughs> Look, I'm going to the film, going to the video tape. Well, fortunately, he doesn't know we fucking recorded him. Yeah. We caught the caper on camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Uh... Now, how did you not want to kill yourself when you worked at Kinko's? Because if I spend 15 minutes in a Kinko's, which thankfully I haven't in many years, I, I just, I, it's like being in the inside of a microwave. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a way around that. You just steal money. All the time from the registers, it makes you feel better. So embezzling is the only way. <laughs> Once again, let's hope the health and wellness company is not listening tonight. <laughs> Are you ever afraid that you're going to accidentally just steal copy of uh, copies of money? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's been employees that because I would hmm. imagine that the the copiers there are of the highest quality. So I would imagine there's been right. employees that have tried to counterfeit from that very high like a, a fiery copy. did anybody ever try to do it when you work there no but i heard stories what, what did <laughs> seriously it was, was kind of like the peanut butter the you know the peanut butter right. and the ball story there were these legendary stories that went around the different kinko stores like somebody came into somebody went in the store in uh tustin and uh they were trying to copy money but what they didn't know is those machines have little you know and all this stuff and, <laughs> and everyone's like "Ooh, wow yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then everybody carved a pumpkin. <laughs> we just <laughs> carved pumpkins. Great job. Great job. Let's just brief. Okay, this may be, uh, this may not pan out, but let's just briefly go through the jobs you've had because I feel like since I've known you, you've worked at a lot of places where I've thought, oh God. I don't know, have I? I think. There's been a lot of coffee. So. This might end up being kind of a boring thing to go on, but I worked at about every coffee shop you can imagine. What was your favorite one? Um, Starbucks, of course. I was really good at being the guy that's like, can I get something started for you? Can I get something started for you? And there's like a line of 10 people out the door. And like I would act like I was going to have a heart attack. Just like, ah, ah. <laughs> Who's responsible for putting the smell in Starbucks that smells like caramel is burning inside of plastic? <laughs> How does a coffee place manage to not smell like coffee? Yeah. You have to try hard to cover up the smell of coffee. It's weird. It's weird. Weird place. Weird place. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that was one. Okay. Um, there was Kinko's. Kinko's. I don't know. And now there's health and wellness. Yeah, there's that. I'm glad there's we that. took this little trip down memory yeah. lane. <laughs> I'm a fascinating guy. All right. Does anyone... I've never done this before. This could go disastrously wrong, or it could be a screaming success, like, what jobs have you had, Michael? Um, does anyone in the audience need to tell anyone to go fuck themselves? All right, we have two... Um, okay, these microphones are, you know what, Here. just, Pete okay. Holmes. Oh, oh wow, why? Because I know he would love it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pete Holmes. Hey, hey, go fuck yourself. All right, and love you, buddy. the man behind the bobcat mask. Does it reach me? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hi. Uh, hi. So, here's the thing, I, I'm a stand-up comedian, I, I did a show Uh-oh. at the Hollywood Improv, and... Give him the light! <laughs> yeah, I know. No, wait, I got a really good joke coming up about a, no, about a mascot. Oh, no. Uh, no, 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 I was doing a... Thank you. I was, uh, I was doing a show with the Hollywood Improv. I think we won't tell you to go fuck it. <laughs> listen, Stripes, keep it down. All right, listen. Hang on, wait. <laughs> Before you start, let me just do this. 
That was the Seinfeld bass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I, I was doing a show at the Hollywood Improv, and uh, one of the comedians walked seven audience members. He was so bad that seven people got up and walked out of the show, and it was my show. I was producing it at the Improv. And uh, the guy was so indignant. Like, he didn't take any ownership on it, so he was taking it to the audience. He was being really shitty and really rude and really mean. And this one woman actually said, you're bad at your job. Like, it was a horrible... It was worse than bombing. It was like he was horrible, and I was the host. So at some point, me and the sound guy were like, what do we do? Cut his mic and play him off. So that's what we did. And I went up, and I had to bring up another comic. At the end of the show, this comedian, who was so bad, he walked seven people, came up to me and was like, are you the one who cut my music? That's unprofessional. You know what's unprofessional? Being not funny at a comedy show. Walking seven people. I got something for you. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. There you go, brother. All right. Well done. But I, I actually have a question since... Um, well, Paul, you're in comedy. Uh, the gentleman who just spoke is in comedy. I've been to several shows where that's happened. Is that truly that uncommon of a thing? That when a, when a comic bombs, they start going after the audience? Because I feel like that's... I, I mean... I, not altogether uncommon, from my experience. Uh, go, well, well, it depends on what you mean by going after the audience. A lot of comics will call attention to the fact that they're, that they're bombing... And some will kind of cross a line and unload on the audience and dig themselves a deeper hole. But it, it, that, that's pretty rare that, that they walk a ton of people. But there are also great comedians who used to walk half the room. Bill Hicks was a great comedian, and he would walk uh, half the room. But that wasn't because he was a bad comedian. It was because those people didn't like him. But this other guy sounds like he was terrible. Yeah. Fuck that guy. But... I'm about positivity. Um, I think it's time to hear a couple songs. Okay. Hey, I was just wondering. Um, I was going to stand. Can I just sit here? Like right. I see no okay, problem. Gary? Yes, there's a, a thumb. Up. A here. thumbs up. Just yes, about, okay. that'd be great. So at the last show, we had Garfunkel and Oates, who are comedian <laughs> musicians, and they're super funny. And in this show, we have Michael Rosas, who is a musician, musician, and his songs are not funny, but they're very good. And so he used to play they're in... Funny. They are? Yeah, they will be tonight. Oh, I stand corrected. Well, I, this is instilling confidence. I don't well, know. But he used see. to play in Smile, which was like one of my favorite Orange County bands, and then Satisfaction, and uh, a very well-respected Orange County and, and national musician. I, yeah, I guess so. I've been to People Texas. went to Kinko's just for you. <laughs> how, many songs, how many songs am I playing? Um, do you want to play two? Sure. Okay. So I'll play one. Um, this is just kind of like a warm-up. Like warm and, um, and then I'll just drop the bomb on everyone. Okay. The big hit. Is this going to work? Is that going to... That'll pick yeah, it up, right? Yes, right. yes, yes. Like that? Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. Yep. It's a guitar. Got it. All right, this, is a, this song is called Saturday Friend. I think this will work like this. I've seen people sing into the side of a microphone. If you turn, if you turn towards us more, yeah, then you might be able oh, to. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. There we go. I'm good with angles. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done this in a, a while. You did a protractor and everything. Yeah. Wow. There we go. All right. Okay, here we go. Two, three...
buttons. On one pleasant morning, toast on the burn, strong cup of coffee, Charlie Hopper's, and flat from my pillow, put my head out the Big cabin built high off the ground. Sharp looking outfit. But when I waltz into town, more than I can do but put on my old brown shoes and sing. Oh, yes. My voice was all shaky because I was nervous. I thought it was sounding like Eddie Vedder. It was all... <laughs> it did sound like Jeremy, but it was very good. Thank you. I think. So, one more. Um, I might need a beat for this one. If, uh, if you, you know, if you, if you get... Yeah. <laughs> if you start to feel it... When you start to understand what's going on, maybe just chime in. There's some harmonies you might know. Just get, get on it. Here we go. Ready? Two, three. Now it's all right. I'm okay. You can't look me. 
down, staying alive. Feel the city breaking and everybody shaking and we're staying alive, staying alive. Ha, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Ha, 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 staying alive. Ha, 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 Somebody help me, somebody help me, yeah. Life going nowhere, somebody help me, yeah. Talk, fuck yeah. Music loud and women walk up and kicked around. I was born and now it's alright. I'm okay. You can't look the other way. And we can't try to understand the New York Times effect on men. Whether you're a brother or whether you're a mother, you're staying alive. Staying alive. Feel the city breaking and everybody shaking and we're staying alive. Staying alive. Ha ha ha. Uh oh. Staying alive. Almost lost it. One part where he sounds like a monkey right here. Hang on. A little chimp. Life going nowhere. Somebody help me. That part. Somebody help me. Somebody help me, yeah. I guess we can end it here. It's, it kind of fades out, you know? Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you for coming out for this show. My guests, Michael Rosas, Dustin Goot, Paul Gilmartin, producer Gary, um, uh, Bobcats, and Allison Rosen. Oh, thank you. But tell them, Paul and Michael, where people can see you and find you. Michael, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I have just started a band uh, in the last month. We're called Flying Sparks. And uh, we're at flyingsparksmusic.com. And we're playing our first show at the Hotel Cafe here in Los Angeles next month on the 21st, on Saturday. Maybe. Hope, hope to see one or two of you there. You'll probably see one of me there. Yeah! And if you saw two of me there, that'd be so strange. <laughs> or I gained a lot of weight. And you? Uh, I have a podcast called The Mental Illness Happy Hour. And... Uh, ah. And the, uh, the website for it is mentalpod.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at mentalpod. 
And you can follow me at Allison Rosen, or you can follow the show's Twitter feed at ARIYNBF, which is Allison Rosen, your new best friend. It's not Arian boyfriend. I've heard it before. And Allison has one L. One L. That's correct. I didn't know that. Well, now you do. The first time I tried to email you. Oh. Yeah. I wonder who, I wonder if the person who has two L's enjoyed your email. Some woman wondering why I called her a whore. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, she is. She's worse than me. You don't even know. And you can follow Dustin on Twitter, at Dustin Goot, though he doesn't tweet. Still. You can follow producer Gary on Twitter, at G. Patrick Smith. And um, I want to thank Trap Dog for the songs. And what am I leaving out, Gary? Thank Nerd Melt. Apparently, I'm... Oh, yeah, and Nerd Melt, thank you so much for letting me do this show here. And again, thank you to all of you. I love you. Good night. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show?